is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hi everybody. My name, my name is Jason, and my name is Chris, <laughs> and this is the Talking Dead episode number four hundred and forty-one, recorded Monday, July twenty-second, twenty nineteen. You know, I thought we'd mix it up there because we haven't in a while, and, and let you do the intro this week, and that's the intro you come up with. Yeah, well, you know, it's Monday. What are you going to do? <laughs> yes, it is Monday, as promised, everyone. We are here with a special episode of the podcast uh, because we are not going to be talking about the Fear the Walking Dead mid-season finale, which has now aired last night. I've seen it. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I have not. All right. Well, that's good. It's good that we're not going to be talking about it. Uh, we are going to do that on our regular Thursday night. So please stay tuned for that later this week. Right now, though, we are here to talk about some Walking Dead news and, of course, the San Diego Comic-Con Walking Dead Season 10 trailer, which came out on Friday morning, or Friday afternoon. Right. So, that's very exciting. It's something we do every year, of course. We break down the trailer as if it's an episode of the show, which it's, of course, not. Somehow, we managed to talk about a four-minute video for, like, a good hour. So, we'll see if that happens again this year. Uh-huh. I kind of expect it to, but we'll see. We'll see, uh, we'll see. And, and that's what we're doing today. Walking Dead proper today on the podcast. We will get caught up on fear later this week because there's some news around that show as well. But I'm not even going to get into it tonight because I don't want to skip it all. Yeah, I don't want to be here all night. So uh, that's it. Let's dive right in, Jason. We're going to start with the news. Awesome. The Walking Dead News. So there's plenty of news that came out from San Diego Comic-Con this year. Of course, most of it is released during the panels uh, for with Kirkman and the actors and the producers and everybody involved in the show. And there's plenty this year that is um, interesting, some a little bit surprising, and other stuff that's basically confirmed things that we've known for some time. So it's going to be good. The first Can one. Can I guess at one of them? Can I guess at one? Yeah, of course. Are, are Bob and Doug McKenzie making a, uh, a personal appearance on The Walking Dead? Uh, that would be cool, but no, sadly, that's not one of the oh, items. God, that'd be sad because, you know, I would think that would be great. Are Bob and Doug McKenzie widely known outside of Canada? I probably not. I highly doubt it, but look them up on YouTube. They got to be on YouTube. So take, take some time out of your schedule. And look up uh, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Yeah, I, I recommend you, you do that. They were on Second City Television, or otherwise known as SCTV back in the day, uh, when yep. you and I were younger. We lads. <laughs> we yep. lads. Uh, I think that that definitely aired in the States. I don't know if, uh, if they're all that well-known. Anyways, it's funny. But no, they're not making an appearance on the show. Do you want to take another shot at any of the news? No, I don't have any other shots other than Red Green. Oh, <laughs> I don't think anyone outside Canada knows him. No, of course Anyhow, not. Um, first item, you know the Rick Grimes movies that are coming? Yeah, I do. Well, we have some news about those. Some big news, actually. Until now, it's been, uh, well, it's been known because Scott Gimple said so, that the movies would air on AMC, on the TV mm -hmm. station when they were ready. Well, at... The panel, 
not only did they release a very quick teaser video for the movie, they also announced that they would be only in theaters. Now, when they say only in theaters, they mean only in theaters for the first 24 hours, right? And no, then it's on AMC. No, I don't think so. I, I think they mean only in theaters. You have to go to the movie theater, buy a ticket, and sit down with a bunch of other people to watch this movie, and you can't do that in your home. Now, I'm not saying they'll never be on AMC, because most you know movies eventually get you know syndicated onto TV or whatever you call it, but... Yeah, especially AMC. I mean, that's how they started, right? Playing movies, old movies. Right. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure the Rick Grimes movies will eventually make their way to TV, but for now, or at least for the initial release, it's a theatrical run. So yeah. Rick Grimes in movie theaters, distributed by Universal Pictures. So it's kind of a big deal, it sounds like. I, I Yeah. And when they say only movies, they don't say for how long. So I, th- I think they're probably going to be like the first week will be only in movie in theaters and then they'll start running it on AMC. I really don't think that they'll wait all that long. I don't know if they do that though. And if, if they do that and people know that, I think you'll get a lot of people who don't bother to go to the theater to see it. And they, they want to make their money off theater sale tickets. Well, they're not right? going to tell you. They're yeah. not going to say that they'll only be in theaters for a week. So they'll say only in theaters and they'll stick to that. And then a week later, it's like now on AMC. <laughs> it's like why did i go to the theater i'm telling you i'm telling you don't don't bother that'll be interesting i'm going uh, now, to the theater i'm going to see it in the theater yeah i think probably you and i will probably go see it opening night well we will right we'll plan a night we'll make yeah. a date of it go out yeah. get some popcorn maybe a drink and uh go see the rick grimes movie yeah we'll go to the vip uh, theater we'll uh, get a nice love seat sit back relax put our feet up put our arms around each other and you know, watch a movie about Rick Grimes. <laughs> we will. And then come home and record a podcast about it the very next day, probably. Yeah. And lie to our wives about our cuddling. <laughs> I don't have to lie to my wife about <laughs> no, that. No, I don't have to lie either. I'll, I'll just tell her. Uh, so Rick Grimes movies in theater, no release date given. So we don't know when it's going to happen yet. Uh, but just, I thought we'd really briefly talk about that teaser video. Did you watch it? I did. All right. Well, there isn't much to it. It's a helicopter flying towards the skyline of a city. It's at night. And really all that happens is as the helicopter approaches the city, the text on screen says Rick Grimes returns only in theaters. And that's it. Yeah. So that's the helicopter that took Rick away. We can assume it's flying towards a city. And it turns out that city skyline that was used in the video is actually Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, I see. So we don't know if that means it's really Philadelphia and the movie takes place in Philly, or if they're just using the skyline for generic city and it could be anywhere. We don't know that, but it also could be Philadelphia, which is cool. I think it would be great if it was Philadelphia. I've been to Philadelphia. Have you? uh, I have, yeah. Uh, Yeah, we had a great time in Philadelphia. I went down for a wedding. Uh, Okay, so it's it's great that they go from Washington, D.C., which is the current capital of the United States, to Philadelphia, which was the first capital of the, of the United States. And and not really that far from Washington, right? No, not that far. Certainly, I don't know. I, I couldn't put a number on it, but it's not terribly far. No, certainly within helicopter range. Yeah. But far enough that if you were walking, you know, it would take you a while and could explain how wherever Rick is going, whatever group he's being taken to hasn't interacted with our group in Alexandria right now. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. who knows? I mean, maybe it's Philly, maybe it's not. 
I think it would be cool if it is. And they did very little to modify that skyline. I think there's one extra building in it. So it's pretty obviously Philadelphia. Um, and if they, if, well, it's a big deal. If you think so, I do one extra, go ahead with your thought and then we'll come back. I was just going to say, I think if they wanted to obscure it, they would have modified it more rather than change or add one building to it. So if they added one building, that means that that building does not, does not exist in our universe, but it exists in theirs. And the walking dead takes place in our past. So if that's the case, then that building has to have been put up in an alternate reality farther back than just splitting off of uh, our reality from theirs at the time of the zombie apocalypse. Okay. We're talking years earlier. Uh, yeah, I, th- I would think so. So that, that's it. Uh, it's just, uh, it, it really sets apart the two universes even more so than I had originally thought. I assumed that it was exactly like our universe, except that it split off with zombies and ours continued on without zombies. Uh-huh. Right. But now we get proof, actual real life proof in this skyline that it's uh, the split happened uh, earlier than uh, earlier than the zombie apocalypse. Because it doesn't, you know, you don't just throw a building up. Right. It takes years to put a new building up. Oh, I mean, it at least months. Yeah. Well, hopefully years, because you put it up in months, it's got to be a pretty shitty building, in my opinion. Okay, fair enough. Uh, or it could just mean that this isn't isn't actually going to be Philadelphia, and it's going to be some unnamed city. Although, that's super cheap. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They They use real place names in the show, so I don't think they'd make something new up. I mean, the whole thing is CGI, right? So somebody drew those buildings. You'd think that, you know, if an artist would have the capability of coming up with a random skyline that was nondescript and wasn't pointing to a specific city. But they specifically selected Philadelphia and they added a building. Hmm. So I think that this uh, this really sets the Walking Dead universe uh, in a little more context than, uh, than I had previously. All right. Well, it's um, an interesting point. Anyways, uh, we'll have to find out. No release date, as I said, so we don't know when we'll find out, but I got to think it's sometime in, at this point, sometime in 2020, because to my knowledge, they haven't started filming yet, and we are just about, well, we're halfway through 2019, and it takes a while to film, edit, produce a movie, all that stuff, so. Yeah, at least at least three weeks. At least, at least a whole three weeks, yeah. I'm thinking- Yeah, I mean, it might cost up to somewhere, you know, after you add camera costs and- uh, you know, people cost, it could cost as much as $25,000. Oh my gosh. That's so much, so much money. I don't know how they afford these things. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking at the earliest spring 2020, but probably even later than that. Well, it's obviously going to take place between the, uh, during the mid season hiatus of the walking dead, which puts a January, February timeframe. Um, you mean be released during that timeframe? Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's early. I have a feeling now it's going to be released after season 10 finishes next uh, spring. You think so? I think this is, this is a, seems to me like a February thing. I mean, can they shoot a whole, can they produce a whole movie between now and have it released in theaters in like January, February? You're, but you're sure they haven't already started shooting? No, I'm not 100% sure, but I just feel like there would be some news if they had. So I don't know. Right. Okay. Well, I don't, you know, a movie shoot could, uh, depending on the budget, could be anywhere from six weeks to three months to, uh, you know, the four years it took to film uh, Full Metal Jacket. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, but that's Kubrick, right? Kubrick's, you know, he's 
he was on his own kind of timelines. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's on okay, a- let's just film this scene 700, 800 times and we'll see where we land after that. And if we have to make adjustments. Yeah. Well, that guy's on an entirely different level than most people. Yeah. Or was anyways. So if it's six weeks of shooting, right. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, post stuff. So yeah, I think they could probably turn that around. I'm not saying they couldn't do it. And, and maybe there's some streamline ability with a movie like this. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like it's quick if they get it out by like winter, this winter. So I don't know. Anyways, I am anxious to see it. So I do hope they do. Um, and, uh, let's, let's get a move on AMC and get this thing in theaters for us. Yeah. Okay. So about that building, uh, (laughs) there is a possibility I did. I completely glossed over the possibility that that building was built after the zombie apocalypse started. Right. So that is a possibility. It's not likely but it's possible. I suppose it would be possible. Tough to do without modern construction resources, but... Yeah, I mean, it it might be made out of popsicle sticks. All we saw was the silhouette, right? You're right. So it could entirely just be a, you know, a facade of a building to throw people off. I'm not really sure exactly what the point is. <laughs> this is our, uh, this is our walk the plank building here, everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Maybe they tore down other buildings and built it out of chairs and things. Who knows? Desks and, you know, in, doors. Apparently in, you know, January 2020, we'll find out maybe. Yeah, I, I really look forward to that. All right. Next item in the news, uh, we'll stick with Andrew Lincoln here for a minute. And this is a quick one, but he was penciled in to direct an episode in season 10 turns out that's not going to happen and it really just comes down to scheduling conflicts so there has been an official announcement that he's not going to be directing um an episode in season 10 even though before we thought he was and the reason it came up before is because he was seen on set during season nine shadowing michael cetrazimus one of the common walking dead directors just to get a feel for the directing thing i guess but uh it's not going to happen so oh well Unfortunately, we can't look forward to that. But he's who knows? probably very disappointed. Next, next season after that. Yeah, for all we know, he's directing the movie instead. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> right? true. <laughs> Why, uh, you know, sink or swim, buddy? <laughs> Why <laughs> walk just... when you can run? Yeah, people started directing movies before they started directing TV in the past, right? Oh, yeah, lots. I don't think Spielberg ever directed TV, did he? Before he got uh, he hit it big. Well, I'd have to look that up, but I really have no idea. Me neither. Sounds right, though. I wouldn't think so. No. Okay. Ron Howard directed TV. Uh, Sure. He's a pretty well-known director. He is a pretty well-known director. All right. Uh, Can I move on? Uh, Please. All right. Denai Guerrera has confirmed, Jason, that Walking Dead Season 10 will be her last. Uh, Again, this is something we kind of knew already, but she was asked about it at the San Diego Comic-Con panel. And she confirmed that she will be moving on from the show at some point, either during or after season 10. And she's had this to say, it was a very difficult decision. It was about my calling and the other things I feel called to as a creator of work. All I'm filled with is a lot of pain about leaving and a lot of gratitude. And to all of you, I love you guys. The Walking Dead family is forever. And then... The crowd gave her gave her a standing ovation. So, oh, that's nice. Pretty nice, yeah. Pretty emotional moment for everybody, I think. But it's now official. 
Denai Guerrera and therefore Michonne will be leaving the show some point during season 10. Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense. I mean, she's got the Black Panther movies to do. They're going to do a sequel. I think they announced a, uh, some phase four plans. Uh-huh. The Lots actually. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, the future's bright. She's got to wear shades. She, her future is very bright. Not only is she becoming a giant movie star in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but she's a playwright. And I'm probably, I, I would imagine is in pretty high demand just in general. So yeah. um, she's moving on to other things. That's going to be great. But we still have season 10 with Michonne. And I think that's going to be great too. That's good. She's not in that Cats movie, is she? No, she's not in that Cats movie. Uh, I feel like that would be a mistake. <laughs> well, anybody in that Cats movie is probably a mistake, <laughs> in my opinion. Oh, I watched that trailer. It's yeah, the too. whole thing is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Makes uh, me feel weird, that trailer. In what I way? a little weird. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I want you to answer that. <laughs> Just confused. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, final item in the news here today is just some additional details that came out of the panel, a couple of them big ones. First of all, the season 10 premiere date was announced as part of the trailer, which we're going to break down in a minute here. But, you know, there's no point in uh, burying the lead here. The premiere date for season 10 is October the 6th, which is actually way earlier than usual. It's a little early. Yeah, um, that's about two weeks earlier than usual. As you know, season one premiered the night before Halloween, I think, way back 10 years ago. And yep. they usually do it inside of two weeks of Halloween. So the last two weeks of October. Here we are, not even, well, basically the end of the first week into the month. So they're going October 6th, which is early. That either means we're going to get a longer hiatus by a week or two, maybe. Yeah. Or it's just going to wrap up a week or two earlier in the spring. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case because maybe they're compressing everything because they're fitting a third Walking Dead show starting next year. Oh, yeah, they would. Right? That, that's uh, very much uh, probably a consideration. Soon, there's going to be Walking Dead, new Walking Dead content on TV all year round, I'm pretty sure, with three shows going. Um. And so I think if they're starting earlier, they're going to compress it during the Walking Dead hiatus. We might have new show playing. It'll go on hiatus. We'll finish Walking Dead and then fear will start. It'll go on hiatus and who knows what's going to happen. So I think it's going to be a year round thing soon enough. Yeah. Well, at least we'll get a longer Christmas break, right? Because the show's going to wrap up early uh, next year. And then, uh, you know, the hiatus will take, usually takes place over Christmas, but mm -hmm. uh, the show usually bleeds into, you know, Christmas shopping and half a Christmas. So uh, maybe this year we'll get a little bit of break and get our Christmas shopping done. <laughs> sure. But what I'm saying is we may get a break from this show, but we'll probably have the new show airing during that break. Are we going to cover the new show? We don't know yet. Yeah. That's a, a discussion that has to be had and a decision that has to be made. Yeah. I don't know. What we should so do. So we got, we got a lot of balls in the air here now. We got uh, I know. the show ending and we got a, a new show that's starting at some point. Uh, we don't know whether we're going to cover it. If we do cover it, we don't know how we're going to cover it or how in depth we're going to cover it. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of unknowns. There, there are. And, you know, I've always been of the mindset that we kind of cover the Walking Dead universe because we've done video games. We've done all the novels and there's a new novel coming out, by the way. 
That's okay. Which is kind of exciting. It's not written by Jay this time. It's uh, written no. by somebody else, and it takes place in China. So, oh, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things going on here. And as much as I like, I mean, maybe this is something to talk about later, but as much as I like having the off-season time from The Walking Dead to podcast about other sometimes related, sometimes unrelated things, we're going to get to a point where there will be no off-season. So we have to decide what to do. And yeah, maybe it'll be, maybe it'll be start a Walking Dead podcast network and bring in other people. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. There's, you know, there's a lot of unknowns here. There's, these are all known unknowns. It's the unknown unknowns that really get you. Right. Those ones just sneak up on you. Yeah. Anyways, um, that, that's the premiere date, October the 6th. We have two new cast members announced for... Ah, Bob and Doug McKenzie. Season Ted. I knew it. <laughs> yeah. I should have just admitted it off the top. It's Bob and Doug McKenzie. They're coming in. Nice. No, actually, we've got actress Thora Birch joining the cast. I know that name. Yeah, you'd know Thora. She is going to be playing Gamma, a whisperer who is fiercely protective of Alpha and committed to the whisperer way of life. So if you consider the whisperers bad guys, Thora Birch will be playing a bad guy. But you know her from American Beauty, the movie, and Ghost World. Remember those movies? American Beauty, the well, Kevin I know that, but Spacey she, movie. Which which character was she? Uh, Thora Birch. She was well. I forget her name, but she was brunette the, or blonde. The uh, blonde, the daughter, the neighbor daughter, right? Yeah, that was. She was the brunette. Okay, no, I got it. Was she the brunette? Okay, yeah. you you might be right. Uh, anyways, American Beauty, a movie that's been you know pretty old at this point, but I remember seeing it nearly. 20 years ago. Um, I've, I've watched it more recently than that. It's still a really good movie. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've watched it since then, but it's been a number of years. Anyways, Thora Birch, pretty well-known named person coming onto the show. And then the other one is Kevin Carroll or Kevin Carroll. I'm not sure how his last name is pronounced, but you would know him from the leftovers. He was, uh, the neighbor was he introduced in Leftovers season two or one? But he's the neighbor whose daughter goes missing. I think it's in season two. Anyways, yeah, you'd know him from the Leftovers, but he plays a character named Virgil on Walking Dead who is desperately trying to get back to his home and family. So there you go. Kevin Carroll and Thora Birch joining the cast. Oh yeah, I know that guy. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's really good. I like I liked him in Leftovers. Leftovers being one of my favorite shows. So it uh, is. I I really wish we would have started a podcast about the Leftovers because that show is very podcast worthy. What the hell's going on? What's going on now? Oh geez, now what's happening? Sounds. Why is that whole town still there? What is that? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, sounds riveting. What's going on? Why is that happening? <laughs> <laughs> what's at stake? Uh, yeah, uh, you know the Leftovers would have been a good show to podcast about, but uh, it's done. And we probably just have to let it be. Maybe we could do that, you know? Podcast about shows that are no longer on the air. People like Barney Miller podcast. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, people do That'd that. Great. People do that. There's people who podcast about the X-Files, episode by episode. Um, Sam might be into that. You know, other stuff. I forget There's who a Battlestar Galacticast, right? Uh, oh yeah. Which is going on. I, I listened to the first few episodes of that, but uh, kind of fell off with so much other content out there. Right. Uh, but yeah, okay, so good idea. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> uh, good idea, me. Uh, and finally, 
at the panel, Kirkman was asked about the comic ending, because of course the comic ended recently, yep. and if that affects the TV show at all. And he said, while the comic books told a singular story with a natural ending, this show is about the world. We've proven that with last season. Anyone who is concerned that the comic book wrapping up means the show is ending, well, that is not happening. There's a lot more story to tell. Yeah. Just so the answer is, is obviously, of course not. Of course not. Just in case anyone yeah. was wondering, uh, the show's continuing to go on for the 20 to 30 seasons that they keep saying they're going to do. Uh, yeah. Or the answer is, we're not going to tell you. Well, exactly. The answer is who knows what could happen and it changes day to day. <laughs> That's none of your business. Yeah, exactly. We'll let you know when we feel that it is your business. Yes. All right. That is the Walking Dead news. Lots of good stuff coming out of San Diego Comic-Con. And of course, the trailer was released and we are going to talk about it right now. So it's a four minute trailer and like an episode, I kind of go through it scene by scene, which is weird for a trailer because often there are quick cuts and very um, mysterious editing to try and fool you. But uh, we do it anyways. And hopefully- I was thinking about that and whether or not we should uh, next time take two passes at it. The first pass, just go through the audio because the audio is, uh, you know, they have a lot of talking over top and narration over top of- uh, quick scenes that have nothing to do with what's going on in the audio. Yeah. Right. So maybe just go through all the audio. What do they say? What does that mean? And then go through all the visuals. And what does that say? And what do they mean? Okay. What's well, at stake? keep that in mind for next year. We can try that. Yeah. Okay. It's a, it's a pretty good idea. Uh, for now though, we're going to go through it like normal. Yeah. It's way too late now. So bringing this up is just a, it's, it's a mood point. <laughs> all right. Well, the trailer starts with a zombie kind of washing up on shore stuck in a big piece of driftwood. Yeah. It's got to suck. Yeah. And I couldn't tell if the, if he was punctured by the driftwood or if he was just kind of tangled up in it. I don't know. I think he was tangled up in it because I think that, uh, I mean, later on in the trailer, we, you know, see boats and we talk about boats. Uh, so I think that this is, uh, you know, part of this, season takes place at sea and when you're at sea there's people that uh, want to get away from other people that are on boats when they all turn into zombies so they jump in the water and what do you do when you jump in the water you have to cling on to something in order to live so you grab onto a piece of driftwood that's floating on the land and you get tangled up in it and you die uh-huh. and then you become a zombie tangled up in a piece of driftwood that eventually hits land and they got this big stupid hunking piece of driftwood stuck on you what are you gonna do yeah and do you care <laughs> No, you probably don't care that much, but you wash up on land and then just keep going from there if you can untangle yourself from the driftwood, I guess. Yeah. So this is what I figure what happened is that it was an alive guy clinging onto a piece of driftwood stuck in the middle of the ocean and he died. Yeah. Well, that makes some sense, I suppose. Uh, we get an aerial shot of a group of characters on horseback and you can at least make out Michonne kind of leading the pack. And I think Aaron is there, but I'm not sure who the rest of them are. It's hard to tell. Yeah, horse people. Uh, uh, generally horse people. Um, we have a shot of Alpha, and she starts voiceovering about their rules. We see Michonne and Daryl at night by the pikes, and we hear Alpha say they're always watching. Uh, then we see a guy trying on a burlap mask, it looks like. And that kind of reminded me of um, 
Sandman's mask in the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, well, that's because his mask was patterned after just a simple burlap mask. Right. It was sort of the same thing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, we see Michonne looking concerned, standing under the Alexandria windmill. And now we've got Negan talking about the boogeyman and how people are putting their shitting pants back on. But yeah. at this point, it looks like he's still in jail. Yep. Right. So which is, I thought that was fun. Shitting, you know, putting your shitting pants back on. Like, it's a nice callback. Yeah, I guess a nice call. A callback to a line that I didn't really like at the time. But I guess if you're going to include a line like that, you might as well go all in and call back to it later on. Yeah, well, this is my same philosophy of music, right? You hear the same song enough, eventually you think you like it. Right? So if they keep repeating this line over and over again, it's like, hey, they said the line. Yeah. You're going to be happy about it in about three years. Right. And I guess we're getting to that point now. They'll have to say it one yeah. more time and we'll totally be sitting here going, oh, that's the greatest writing I've ever heard for Negan. Shitting pants. What a fantastic line. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any shitting pants. I better go buy some. You better get some. Yeah. I recommend brown. Yeah. Okay. But then again, if you look at it another way. Every pair of pants is a shitting pant, pair of shitting pants <laughs> in the right circumstances. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Uh, anyways, Negan's still in jail. We see Eugene frantically running in for the radio setup that he has. No, there's a TV there. He wants to watch the game. He's late for watching the game. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I missed my appointment TV. I got to get to the <laughs> tube. <laughs> well, it's not like they have, uh, you know, VCR, well, they have probably VCRs, but they don't have DVRs or uh, streaming, right? All they got is this uh, little black and white television with an aerial antenna, mm-hmm. and he want, wants to watch the next community over doing their daytime stories. So, uh, you know, if he misses his soap, that's it, it's gone. That'd be so funny if, if one community was actually broadcasting like a local news <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Oh, that'd be hilarious. Uh, what else, what comes next? Uh, we see Rosita with, I would assume her new baby, right? Yep. So I assume this, we've jumped forward in time a little bit to post birth for Rosita, uh, because yep. the baby looks pretty young, almost newborn, not quite, but not too long after the birth. So mm-hmm. we are now, if she was a couple months in, you know, we're maybe 11, nine, uh, 10, 11, 12 months later kind of thing. And so she's obviously upset in this shot as well. She's crying and upset. And uh, I think I know why. Why? Sadiq dies. Sadiq dies? Yeah. We see him in the trailer. I know we see him in the trailer, but I've got, as we go through, I'll be mounting some evidence for you. All right, great. I'd like to hear it. We get a bunch of shots of Luke. Uh, We see Judith with a whisperer mask on a stick. We see Carol, and it looks like somebody's watching her through an open door behind her, or maybe it's a reflection in a mirror. I couldn't really tell. But no, somebody, it's, it's somebody's watching her. Okay, so, and I, I also couldn't tell who that was, who's watching her, so that was interesting. We see Sadiq, and then we see somebody's face being plunged into water, which might be Sadiq's, but I had a hard it's time. It's also Sadiq. Is it? Yeah, and it, it, and it was, uh, yeah, I think that both those shots were Sadiq. The first one was... Um, they were talking about fear on the screen, right? But I think that uh, that seemed like a um, kind of a chemical, like a drug-induced kind of background uh-huh. and shaky cam. So uh, I'm thinking maybe he's poisoned 
oh. or sick or something. Okay. I think that uh, that's an ailment that he has, and he's dunking his face in the water trying to clear his head. So I don't know if somebody has, uh, you know, spiked his lemonade with LSD or put some magic mushrooms in his soup or whether he's uh, taking some kind of illicit substance uh, knowingly and then decides that it's not a great idea and uh, he would like to undo it, which is my experience with illicit substances. <laughs> try and go, nope, don't like this. Undo, undo. Yeah. But reality no doesn't have an undo button, much to my chagrin. Right. It doesn't have a search feature either, which would be really nice. Yeah. So, uh, so, okay. So this is part of your evidence for Sadiq not being alive anymore. Yeah. There's obviously something going on with Sadiq that's uh, pretty serious. Right. Okay. Well, as this is happening, you, you mentioned that Michonne is now voiceovering about, you know, fear being dangerous and she says it can drive us apart. And we see a hooded person spray painting Silence the Whisperers in red paint on a brick road, which is, I think, in Alexandria. So clearly people are afraid of the Whisperers or the Whisperers are doing something to incite fear in the community and get people on edge a little bit. Right. Uh, now we see Lydia training with a staff in what looks like Morgan's Aikido style, which is, I think, interesting because Morgan is no longer around and hasn't been for some time. And neither is Henry. And neither is Henry. That's right. But so who's teaching her this? Maybe she just remembers what Henry was doing with the stick. Yeah, maybe. Or she's just coincidentally come to it on her own somehow, but she does look to be training in that, in that style of fighting. Uh, we get a few shots of people around Alexandria and then Negan says to Lydia, watch your back kid. So I don't yep. know. I don't know what that's all about. Uh, we see Daryl apparently talking to Negan saying you and I ain't been in a room before, not toe to toe. Although I feel like this is one of those scenes where it might be Daryl not talking to Negan and they've just cut it together this way to make us think that, but I don't know for sure. Well, well, there's also another shot a little bit later where it looks like Father Gabe is in the cell. Yeah. So maybe he's talking to Father Gabe because, you know, I, well, I hate to speculate on why they would put a priest in jail, uh, but it could happen. Well, there's all, there's all kinds of reasons anyone could be in jail. Yep. I don't know. Like, it to me, it wasn't even totally clear whether Daryl was, like, inside or outside the cell, to be honest with you. So... Even he could be locked up for some reason, um, yeah. but but we're not really sure. Uh, we get some more shots of people around Alexandria. We see Father Gabe. We see Aaron hanging out with Gracie. We see Sadiq with the baby there. So uh-huh. he at least survives until the baby is born. Yeah, that's good. We see Daryl and Connie with Dog, which is, you know, great. I love seeing those three together. That's really fun. And then we see Michonne and some others riding into Oceanside. Meanwhile, Negan is now voiceovering about protecting what belongs to you. And if you don't, uh, if you don't, it'll soon belong to somebody else. Because people steal. Because people steal. In case that wasn't clear. Right. <laughs> and then we, we, we sort of wrap up this segment of the trailer, I feel like, with a blurry shot, blurry dark shot of somebody holding a bloody crowbar and somebody else cowering on the ground. Well, that was Aaron. It was Aaron because they clearly show the uh, the mace hand that he has on his stump. Mm-hmm. 
So, uh, yeah. So the three shots in succession here are Negan with a bloody face. Like he's got blood on his face and then a crowbar dripping with blood while Aaron is, looks like he's cowering on the floor. Like he's sitting on the floor with his, uh, club stump arm up in the air. So that kind of implies that it's Negan, but you know, really it's not, uh, because why would they do that? But it could be. I sort of agree with you. Why would they do that? Um, but who knows? Who knows where the story is going to go? I was never that convinced um, that it's actually Aaron on the ground because I don't feel like you could see this, the uh, stump quite well enough. But Oh, yeah, you absolutely can. You, you can, can see his beard. You can see the stump. It's got spikes on it. It's got a spiky ball in the end. All right. Absolutely, Aaron. All right. So Aaron is on the ground. Someone has beat him with a crowbar. That's not cool. And it may or may not be Negan. Or maybe he fell down because of some other reason and... Uh, you know, whoever has the crowbar is about to help him up because they've both been battling zombies. I suppose. It could, could be a buddy moment that's uh, that's just misrepresented here. Yeah, well, that's what they do in these trailers, but I guess yeah, you're right. You, know, you play the right music and uh, it looks menacing when in fact it's a buddy movie. Yeah, yeah. For now, though, I feel like Aaron is in a bit of trouble. <laughs> like when they redid that, uh, that movie, uh, the movie trailer, they redid a movie trailer for The Shining called Shining. And it's a uh, romantic comedy. Oh, yeah. I suppose the right music and the right editing, you can make something totally different out of that. Yeah. It's fun. Well, we sort of fade to black here, and I feel like that's the end of the first act of this trailer. And when we come back up, we have Father Gabe and Negan and Aaron inside the Alexandria Gate. And Gabe is trying to convince uh, Negan to fight for Aaron. So it seems like Aaron is leading a, an army, some kind of army from Alexandria. He's yep. short on fighters and Father Gabe's like, Negan can fight, fight for him sort of thing. But I think Aaron is obviously a little more reluctant. So uh, Negan says he just wants to stay there tending crops or picking tomatoes and burying corpses. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're going hand in hand, right? You need fertilizer for the uh, tomatoes. I guess so. Yeah. What do you, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to bury people, you might as well turn them into tomatoes. Yeah. Turn them into something you can eat if they don't eat yeah. you first. Uh, but I thought it was interesting that Aaron is leading the army. Aaron has stepped up to be some sort of general in the Alexandrian army. And of course, this is where we get a really good look at the mace attachment for his arm. And Negan remarks that it's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. It is pretty awesome. Now we get a montage of some zombie killing. We see Rosita, Laura, Judith, Magna. We see Aaron throwing a spear, and that looks pretty cool. Looks like he's on the beach. Uh, We see Michonne drawing her sword. And then a fairly quick shot of somebody punching something that looks like a punching bag. And I think it might be Rosita, but that's hard to tell, too. It is hard to tell. I mean, the last time I saw somebody punching a, uh, a punching bag on screen, it was Captain America. So it, it, I suppose it could be Steve Rogers with really long hair, but uh, somehow I doubt it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going with Rosita. It kind of looked like Rosita to me. So she's, <clears throat> uh, you know, working out, getting ready for some zombie face punching later on. Yeah. Now we have Carol chatting with Daryl, asking him, do you ever wonder if this is all there is? And he says that it feels like they're just surviving one fight to the next And this is intercut with shots of the Whisperers, including Beta. And then we see a whole army of people on the beach, mostly with bows, spears, shields. And 
you know, a bunch of known characters are there, but the only one you can really make out that's obvious is Daryl because he's kind of off to the side. You know, he doesn't march with the crew. He marches to his own beat off to the side. (laughs) Now, marching is is the right word for this because they're all in lockstep. I don't know if you noticed that, but they're all marching left, right, left, right, left, right. Well, I mean, this maybe this is Aaron being a good leader and teaching them how to do it. Well, he he is, yeah. And then you know they have the shield wall at the front, Uh which I think is really great because they made the shields out of pieces of uh, metal barrels. It's pretty cool. They didn't just make it; it was pretty cool. Like. You know, you cut the barrel up in thirds and you make three uh, kite shields, out of, or not kite shields, but like door shields out of them and you mm-hmm. put spikes on them. Freaking great idea. Yeah. I thought it looked pretty cool. We get a much better look at them later, of course. We do. Uh, we go back to Carol and Daryl. They're hugging. Uh, we see Aaron leading a group of fighters back to the beach. Uh, and it looks like they're on a shipwrecked boat there. Yep. So we see a boat. Uh, we see the beach army kind of dug in and then... We get a shot of Father Gabe here in a cell or outside the cell. Hard to tell. Oh, he's in a cell. He's, he's in the cell because the, the wall beside him is also a cell wall. So okay. it, it looks like it, it, it's a corner. So he's absolutely in that cell. All right. So we're jumping he's around. Very, a bit. very wide bars. Oh, right. Of course. So you can get a good shot of his full face. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Yeah, if he had regular, you know, actual prison uh, cell bars you wouldn't be able to you'd never be able to get a shot with both eyes at the same time <laughs> without a bar down in the middle yeah yeah because they make them see you can't stick your head through right mm, makes sense makes sense yeah but who knows what he's doing in there um you know i don't i don't know i kind of expect negan to get out of that cell pretty quick this season but then to be honest i expected that last season too so who knows what could happen but i think we're going to get early on in the season some cell scenes involving Negan, Daryl, Father Gabe, and then something's going to happen and Negan's going to get out for good-ish. Yeah, he's going to be a farmer. He's going to be a tomato picker, exactly. And body barrier. A farmer. (laughs) That's what a farmer does, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I assume so. Never been a farmer. I don't really know. Yeah, okay. Uh, We go back to Daryl and he says to Carol, no more fighting. Let's get on the bike and go. And then we get a shot of them riding together. Carol looks pretty happy on the back of that bike. And she says that they'll head out west. Um, I think this is a dream sequence or or a just a, a daydream sequence, if you know what I mean, right? I don't know. I think it's them speculating, let's just leave all this behind, go off together, head west, get away from all this. And then somebody daydreams it and then they snap back to reality and they have to continue doing whatever they're doing. So I disagree with you and I'll tell you why. All right. Tell me why. The background is a bunch of trees in this sequence where she's got her head sticking up beside Daryl and enjoying the breeze. Yes. Uh, if this was a dream sequence, it would be wide open spaces, uh, a completely different environment that they live in at the moment. It would be uh, somewhere... Uh, with palm trees, maybe if they wanted to go out west. I I assume when somebody says let's go out west, that they also go south. Well, That's I mean, California is west, and they have palm trees, right? So this is what I'm thinking. Yeah, is that if it was a dream sequence, why not dream it up a little bit more than just riding on a motorcycle through the bush? So I I can I can see what you're saying, but I don't feel like these two characters would ever actually take that step. 
Like, I don't think they'd ever get on the bike and go and think they're really leaving. So maybe No, but they might get on the bike and ride for five minutes and Carol enjoys it. Yeah, no, you could be right about that. You're Maybe it's not a daydream. Maybe it is them on their way somewhere. And and this is when, this is maybe right after they had that conversation. You're right. Yeah. So. Or maybe they suck at dreaming about stuff. You know, I just want to ride <laughs> through this bush uh, for five minutes. You know, wouldn't that be great if we had a motorcycle that we could ride for five minutes through this bush? And we'll all feel, we'll both feel so much better after that. Yeah. It's like I had a friend that uh, when he had dreams of being a superhero, he was the sidekick <laughs> in his own dreams. <laughs> well, you know, you, you got to know what your potential is. <laughs> yeah. yeah he's, he was very accepting of his lot in life. Sure. And Makes he sense. would, you know, dream about being somebody's sidekick. Yeah. Hey, he doesn't want all the responsibility. He just wants to be told what to do. Fantastic guy. Love that guy. Good dude. He's, he's the best. Well, after this, uh, you know, head out west motorcycle riding scene, we get a quick shot of two characters on a small sailboat, apparently sailing away from the beach. Uh, I don't know who's on that sailboat, yeah. but it's curious to see who, where would they be going out into the ocean and why would they be going out there? Just for a little ride. That's a very small sailboat. I wouldn't go too far. No, you're like, absolutely I would right. not leave the sight of land in that boat uh, in any way, shape or form. You're probably smart to think that. So who knows? Who knows what they're doing? Maybe just for a ride. Maybe there's something just offshore that they decide they want and they're going for it. I don't know. I wouldn't take that boat too far into Lake Ontario, let alone out into the open ocean. Yeah. I mean, Lake Ontario is pretty big, but... It's pretty big. People yeah, it doesn't have like super big tides. No. It's a little tiny tide. People take small boats into Lake Ontario all the time, though. Yeah. They also go out in there in the canoes and then they get lost and they, you know... The Canadian Armed Forces spends three days looking for their overturned canoe and never find the people involved. So don't take small boats out where you can't see the land. Mm, smart. Clearly. Very smart. Or even, don't even go far enough where you couldn't swim to the land if you had to. Right. Okay. Well, that's good advice. Uh, who knows if these people in the show are going to take your advice or not. I don't know. Well, it's a zombie apocalypse. Who knows what they're thinking, right? Right. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You got to, you know, if you have to build, uh, rebuild a crashed plane uh, to get over a mountain for some reason, you got to do what you got to do. Hey, we're talking about The Walking Dead here, Jason. We'll get into that on Thursday. All right. I shouldn't paint this show with that brush. Is no. what you're saying. Please don't. Uh, we get more beach stuff. It looks like a group of people, a group of people pulling something in from the water. I wasn't quite sure what they were doing there. And then we get a fast shot of Luke hugging Kelly. Uh, I don't think that's on the beach. That's somewhere else. We see some people doing something with a larger boat. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on there. We get a shot of Judith, I think RJ, and Jerry's kids and a dog on the beach. So the kids yep. are having some sort of beach party. Yeah, running away from Gilligan's boat, by the way. The SS Minnow. Is that the what that is? The in the background looks exactly like the SS Minnow. <laughs> You know, I wouldn't be totally surprised if that's kind of just an Easter egg that somebody like Nicotero puts in. Yeah. You know? I mean, it didn't have the same holes in the boat that uh, that uh, the SS Minnow had, but uh, it sure looks like the SS Minnow to me. Well, maybe it is. It could be. I. It'll be hilarious if it comes out at some point during the season that, yeah, we put in the Gilligan's Island boat because it was funny and Nicotero's a huge fan, so let's do it, you know? Yeah. be okay, funny. Good. 
Uh, we see Michonne having a nice moment with Judith and RJ. Again, I think it's RJ. He's a little older now. And then we see Father Gabe with Rosita's head on his shoulder by a fire. And I know what Lamenting you're going to say. Lamenting over burning of Sadiq's body. Yeah, he's comforting her over the death of Sadiq. That's uh, why I think when I when I saw her upset with the baby, I mean, they're, okay, I'm thinking either Father Gabe or Sadiq has died. Okay. Then this shot convinced me that Father Gabe survives the experience and that Sadiq is the one that dies. Well, here's the thing. Immediately following this shot, there is a shot of a guy that I don't think I recognize, and he appears to be tending to somebody injured. So they might be telling us straight up, Sadiq the doctor is dead. Here's our new doctor. That could be. Are they? I mean, I don't know. a couple of shots later, we get uh, Eugene measuring the baby's leg. That's right. And looking kind of perplexed about it. That's, I had to go back a couple of times to figure out what the hell was going on there because that looked like the baby had a cast on to me the first time I saw that. Mm, no. That upset me. And so I went back a couple of times to make sure that it wasn't anything with an injured baby. Uh, so no, he was just measuring the baby's leg. Right. He's just you making- do that, right? You measure yeah. a baby, you see how, how long are you until eventually they learn how to walk and then you worry about how tall they are. Right. They have length. how long they are. They have length until they stand up and then they have height. That's right. That's how yeah. babies work. Um, but j- just step back for a second. The guy in that shot, do we know who that is? Like, I, I'm not sure we do. I don't, I don't recognize him. Like, am I, I, I feel bad like I'm forgetting somebody. And I'm sure somebody out there, listeners, if that is somebody who we've seen before, please, please correct me. Um, because I would be not surprised to know that I'm just forgetting somebody. So, but now that it feels like we have Sadiq no longer around, maybe that's our new doctor. Because honestly, I feel like it did look like he was tending to someone who was injured on the ground. So they could have just spelled this all out for us right here and you figured it out, Jason. <laughs> Doctors don't survive this show very long. No, they don't. So I don't know. They usually uh, get something in the eye. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just before the, and just before the Eugene measuring the baby scene, we have Daryl comforting somebody. And I think it's probably Lydia. I think Daryl and Lydia are still going to maintain their relationship going into season 10. Um, and by relationship, so. I just mean like, Close, yeah. you know. Daryl's asexual. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just comforting, you know, a friend. Right, comforting a friend. Um, after Eugene measuring the baby, we see what looks to be a little bit of sexy time between Magna and Yumiko. It, it does. And uh, I feel really bad about saying this, mm-hmm. but uh, I forget who's doing the voiceover at the time, but uh, I think it's Michonne. Michonne is, yeah. Saying something, but it's like this, this scene is on the screen for like maybe three quarters of a second, right when Michonne says the word harder. Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel kind of bad about that, but it caught my attention. I guess it worked. I didn't make the connection. I didn't notice, but, you know, whatever. They deserve some sexy time on their day off. Yeah. Just as we all But there's no harder in this scene. (laughs) I'm just saying. It's weird. All right. Well, we'll just leave that right there and, and continue. Uh, we get some quick shots some of other various characters. We see Carol by the spikes, and we see one of those H tokens on the ground. Remember those yep. things? And as I said, Michonne is voiceovering about it being harder the second time around, <laughs> especially when you are used to having somebody around. And then this all culminates with her smiling. We hear her say partner in crime, and then she's kissing King Ezekiel. 
That's a big deal. That's kind of a big deal. Now, don't forget, it's been six years since Rick left. So, oh, she, I'm not thinking about Rick. I'm thinking about King Ezekiel. Well, I think aloud. I think some people are um, some people are upset at the fact that she's moved on from Rick. But come on, it's been six years. It's fine. She she deserves the right to move on to somebody else. Uh, from the other side of things, King Ezekiel clearly is no longer with Carol. Yeah, it's uh, well, yeah. I mean, Carol's with Daryl now. I don't know if there's any kind of romantic relationship there, but uh, there could be. Uh, but Ezekiel obviously has moved on. You know, the, the rule of thumb is half, you know, the uh, the mourning period for a relationship is half the length of the actual relationship, in my mind. Now, I've never dated anybody that died, right? So there's, there's that. Uh, but if you dated somebody for three years, Mm-hmm. You know, you can move on for after a while. If you if you've dated somebody for a week and a half, you know, six days later you're good to go. I mean, less than that, probably. Yeah, well, that you know, after at least half the length of the relationship, there's no, uh, you know, there's there, there's no you can't you can't really put somebody down for moving on. So, just uh, last month, I celebrated my twentieth wedding anniversary. Are you telling me that if this doesn't work out, I got to wait ten years? You're thinking about moving on already? No. Is that, the, is that I'm what just, I'm hearing I'm, here? No, I'm just saying. You're just wondering when you could move on, uh, when it would be socially acceptable for you to uh, get on, move on to wife number two? Well, is I mean. What is that I, what you're telling me? I'm just saying that's, that's what you're saying, that I have to wait 10 years, half the length of the relationship. No, what I'm saying is that if that amount of time has passed, nobody can slight you for moving on. Okay. But you don't have to you wait have that to, long. But, okay. You know, if you've, if you've you know, been married for 20 years. And then, you know, God forbid you get divorced. Uh, and then the day after your divorce, you shack up with a 20 year old. Then, uh, I might look down my nose at you. I you mean, know, I really yeah. don't generally do that to people, but <laughs> I'd be, uh, yeah, I'd be questioning you. No, nobody really comes off looking that good if, if you do something like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that's I'm good to saying. know. I'll so keep that in mind. So wife number two, uh, you know, hopefully she's a little older than 20. <laughs> yes, hopefully. I, I hope to not need wife number two at any point. Yeah. I'm Anyways. I have a wife number two. I have number one wife. Happy time, good fun. Number one wife. All right. Well, we in the trailer, back to the trailer. Can we get back to the trailer? Uh, yeah, I it, think so. It cuts down to black, and I feel like that's the end of the second act of this trailer. The trailer's kind of done in three acts here. So the third act starts, and we see Carol at the Pikes, where people's heads used to be on. Uh, or, or at least Pikes indicating the border with the Whispers. It might not be the it, same Pikes. It's not the same Pikes because there's, they're in the woods, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, trees didn't grow up around the Pikes in the time since the heads were on them. So no, you're right. they put these spikes all, you know, these posts all the way through their, their border. So they yeah. clearly defined the border. That's a lot of work, right? Because well, I assume the border is not like 20 feet long. Like if you have to put a stick every three feet for... Uh, you know, 70 miles. That's quite the effort. <laughs> yeah. It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You know, I, I don't understand this border. Well, I don't understand it. I mean, don't try to understand it. Just know that they aren't supposed to cross it. And in fact, in the trailer, we have characters reminding us that if they get caught on the other side of the border, it means war. And basically, as somebody says this, we see Daryl cross the border. <laughs> They're at war already. They put, how many heads were on the, on the pikes? Seven, 10? 
yeah, 10, but they're not technically at war unless they disobey their rules, right? So, okay. <laughs> Imagine if you will. I come to your house. I, okay, I live in your neighborhood. All right, I live in your neighborhood. I come to your house. I kill your dog and your cat. And then I go back to my house and I say, if you come to my house, I'm going to be mad at you. Yeah, okay. Right? And, you know, at the time that I said that you shouldn't come to my house, uh, we were technically not at war. But I, I killed a dog and your, your dog and your cat. You're going to be pretty pissed at me and you're going to think, damn it, we're at war regardless of whether I come to your house. Right? Yeah. Maybe that's how they feel. And they're just biding their time. They don't want to, they don't want to advance the war sooner than they have to by crossing into their territory. Maybe that's what they're thinking, right? They're biding their time. But I see your I'd point. Be, I'd, I'd be crossing that border all the time. You know, I'd be sending people across. I'd be testing their, uh, their resolve. You know, there's one, uh, what's her name? Alpha says that, uh, they're always watching. Mm-hmm. I call horse shit on that. So I'd be testing their defenses. If you're always watching, you're going to see this and I'm going to step over and step back and wait and see what happens. And then I'm going to step over and I'm gonna step back again, and wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. They say, if somebody comes out of the woods and says, nah, don't you cross that border. I'm going to know that person's watching. I'd move 15 feet down the, down the line of sticks, step over and step back. Cause it's so clearly defined that all I have to, I can inch right up to it and I can put my finger right next to the post and go, I'm not in your territory. I'm not in your territory. I'm not in your territory. You know, there's, you know, there's the letter of the law and then there's the, uh, uh, the spirit of, of the law, right? right? So if they've, they've defined the letter of the law, I'd be playing with that. For sure. Well, you could stand on your side of it and pee onto their side of it and be like, what are you going to do now? Only my bodily fluids have crossed the border. (laughs) Do they need a passport? (laughs) (laughs) I guess there's some wiggle room here to figure out where the actual laws are. Uh, Anyways, Daryl crosses over. He he does. And it's uh, one last thing. It's like a, uh, a salesman. A salesman, one of the best thing that a salesman can hear when they're trying to sell to you is yes. The next best thing that they could hear is no. Mm-hmm. Because no, you can work with. Why not? And then you pick away at their argument. The worst thing that a salesman wants to hear is, let me think about it. Let me go talk to my wife about it. <laughs> right? Because you can't really argue with that. It's just like, well, that seems reasonable. You know, well, do you want to be a man and make a decision for yourself? Or do you want to run home and talk to your wife? You're belittling your your potential customer. You don't want to do that, right? So, no, you can work with. So, the letter of the law, you can work with. They've clearly defined what the rules are and what the border is. So, that is absolutely exploitable. Okay. Well, and I, clearly they're exploiting it because Daryl goes over And then we see Michonne laying her sword down on the ground, and there appears to be someone standing behind her. So I feel like she's captured, right? She's surrounded by these people, and they've told her to put your sword down. We're taking you in. That makes sense. I don't really know for sure, but it kind of looks like that. We do hear Alpha saying, what did I tell you about crossing my border? So clearly somebody's gone over and they've gotten caught. Uh, Although it's not clear if Alpha is talking to Michonne in this scene or somebody else. And then we see a group of our characters standing at the border. Uh, Alpha might be right there on the other side talking to them. But again, we can't really tell for sure. It might just be editing. 
And then Carol sums it all up by saying, that bitch has got to die. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We finally got Carol in the, into the fight. Yeah. But I don't think she is saying this directly in Alpha's presence. Uh, oh, no. I, I think she's saying this amongst her own people after hearing yeah. about what's going on. Yeah. So we finally, uh, we're going to let Carol off uh, off the chain and she's going to go and fuck shit up. Yes, she is. I feel like we're going to get that. Get woman that woman in the assault rifle and, and a flamethrower. And she'd be all set. She can do anything. So we have a kind of a fast montage now of characters running through the forest, on the beach. It's day, it's night. We see Eugene, we see Rosita, Sadiq killing some zombies. So he's still alive at whatever point that is. Uh, We see zombies coming through a walled gate of some kind. Honestly, I'm not sure where this is. It might be Hilltop, but I don't know for sure. And then we see the army on the beach again, and this is where we get their really cool shot of the shields being. And I really up, like this. Yeah, they're, they're being led by Aaron. And there's kind of a fun shot of two of the people with shields separating, and Judith comes in from behind and stabs a zombie in the head. That was a technique that the uh, um, that the Romans used when the, in their shield walls. Yeah. Uh, they would, uh, or the Greeks, they, they absolutely would go up against their shield wall, and then two of the shield holders would open up a gap in order for somebody to stick a spear through. So that's absolutely a technique. That sounds pretty good because that way the spear holder doesn't need to be encumbered with the shield, right? They're working together. Yeah. And if they had more shields, the front wall, the front group of people would have the shields facing, facing forward. And then right behind them would be another set of shield, uh, shield holders with the shields up, creating a kind of a roof. Like and we create this, you know, we get a whole bunch of these guys and then we create this friggin' turtle with interlocking shields and, uh, you just march to wherever you want to go and spears and arrows and things wouldn't get in. It's pretty it's smart. Great idea. Pretty yeah. smart. Uh, we get a continuing montage of, of fighting, stuff like that. Uh, and it looks to me like there are battles happening in various locations, but kind of who knows really. Um, we're back and forth from the forest, the beach. Sometimes there are fires around. Uh, so we seem to be all over the place. We get some pretty awesome slow motion shots of Michonne taking out walkers with her katana. We see Daryl fighting. Uh, again, there's fire all around. So there seems to be something on, on fire that they're fighting amongst. And it ends with a shot of Alpha smiling and we hear her say, you should fear me over the Walking Dead title card. Yeah. Um, that's not quite the end of the trailer. We uh, we go back to Daryl and Carol who are talking. And he says he's sorry he didn't want his, quote, best friend to spend her whole life on a boat. Now, she teases him and says that she could make some friendship bracelets with seashells and so on. But uh, And it's a funny scene. But I think it's actually kind of important because it indicates that a, a, a group of people are leaving on a boat and probably yep. not just that little two, two person sailboat. We're talking about maybe a bigger boat. So I'm wondering where are they going? Why are they going? Who's leaving? Obviously. What's at stake? Yeah. What's at stake? Obviously Carol decided or was considering going with them and somehow she wasn't able to, or Daryl talked her out of it. Who knows? Um, but I think it's, uh, I think it's pretty, pretty interesting or potentially. I, I also think this, and, uh, so this, this scene I really liked, by the way, 
Yeah. I thought that this, uh, this discussion, first of all, the friendship bracelets with, uh, little shells on it. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. And if you ever want to make me a friendship bracelet with uh, little seashells on it, <laughs> you go right ahead. Okay. Because I would wear that. Well. Uh, <laughs> but this scene of them two, the two of them talking, I think is important because for the first time, and it feels like a very, very long time, we actually get to see Norman Reedus's charm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we've gotten to see that at all in this show. And it made me feel happy. It, it, it made me did. feel very happy that we got to see him be charming. It did. And like he, he finished, she's teasing him and he finishes it off by saying, I got a better idea. Let's just eat and not talk. And yeah. that's a funny line. And it's the kind of funny line you'd, you'd see amongst friends. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. He was charming and delightful, which we've pretty much never seen on the show. And I agree with I you. I can't recall another scene of him being like this. No. But they've been working towards it, right? Since Angela Kang took over and Daryl started getting some lines again, you know, last season it was better and it looks like it's going to continue into this season. They're just utilizing the character so much better and building on him a bit. So it's great. Yeah. From this scene alone, I'm thinking we should give Norman Reedus an Emmy. (laughs) Can you get an Emmy for best comic, best performance in a Comic-Con trailer? Uh, Probably not, but hey, if they could. He'd be right up there. He'd probably get a Pulitzer for that. You know, there's there was trailers for Westworld too, and 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 other stuff coming out, and there was some pretty good stuff in those. But hey, if I had to vote, I'd vote for Daryl. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we cut to the release date, title card, October sixth, and then we get one more shot of Michonne at night, looking down. And she slowly raises Lucille up and points it straight at the camera before we cut to black for good. See, I knew they didn't get rid of Lucille. I knew it was hiding somewhere. Yeah, Lucille's still there. How, why is she using it? Who's she pointing it at? All big questions. Well, she's pointing it at Negan. You think so? Right? She has to be. Because what's the point of pointing Lucille at somebody unless it's Negan? I guess so. He he would probably want it back. I mean, is she is she about to kill him with it? No, probably not. Well, no, because if she was going to kill him with it, she would just slice him in half with the sword, right? Well, being uh, killed she, by your own weapon is kind of poetic justice a little bit, right? But then she wouldn't point it at him. I think she's making a point. She's uh-huh. trying to fluster him or something or get him to back down or something. I think, uh, you know, brandishing... Lucille at Negan would uh, break his shell, like his his mm-hmm. resolve of whatever he's doing. I think uh, that's what's happening here is that Negan needs to be um, brought to heel and Lucille would do that. Yeah, it could be. Is there any chance that Michonne is losing her way a little bit and has started using that as, you know, a regular weapon? No, if she was losing her way, she would be, uh, no, she would be using uh, the katana. Yeah, she's. Does katana she, have a name? Have they named it? No, I don't think so. She's got to give it a name, right? Well, you'd think so, but maybe she's not that kind of person. I don't know. Walker Slicer. We should give it a name. <laughs> Walker Slicer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the butter knife. Let's just call it Michonne the and Reaper. her butter knife. <laughs> Uh, anyways, um, pretty intense shot to end the trailer on, and I look forward to finding out actually what's going on. So 
just in general, I think this was a pretty great trailer. I think most of its purpose was probably three or four fold. One was to remind us how dangerous the whisperers are and that they're still around and that we can't go into their territory. What do you mean? Well, there's nothing, there's no, other than uh, Alpha talking, there's no danger presented in this about the whispers. No, I think the whole point of this trailer was be, to remind us the whispers are here. We're not allowed to go into their territory. They are dangerous. We saw people at early on in the trailer apparently becoming frightened and afraid, spray painting stuff. I think there's some tension being caused in the communities by the whisperers. Right. Uh, I think people, you know, there's a big difference between, uh, you know, somebody being afraid and the, what they're being afraid of is dangerous. You know, people are afraid oh. of lots of things that aren't dangerous. Okay, fine. Maybe we'll we'll have to. I think it's a safe assumption to think that the whispers are going to be dangerous to these people, right? I, I, well, yes, I think so too. But I I really don't think the I, I don't understand why the whispers are dangerous. And in this trailer, I didn't see the the whispers as a danger. I saw Alpha talking a bunch about you should fear me. If somebody really was fearsome, you don't have to tell them that they should be afraid of you. I know, but I, you kind of have to either buy into the whispers being dangerous or not. And I get it that you don't, which yeah. is fine. Um, but whether they're dangerous or not, I mean, causing fear and inciting tension and fear in people is a problem to begin with, right? Whether you actually can back it up or not, you know, if people are sufficiently afraid, they are going to do things that they might not do otherwise. They might, they might kill themselves without you having to even you know, raise a fist. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, th what I'm thinking, the, the biggest threat that the whispers uh, have or had was when we didn't know what they were capable of. When they snuck in, yeah. uh, somehow <laughs> absconded with some people and put their heads on the, on the pikes. Uh, that was pretty, you know, dastardly. But now we know what they're capable of. I don't see them as a threat. They're just, they're a bunch of people. Sure, they might have guns. We got guns, we got shields, we got swords, we got horses, we got, uh, you know, Michonne, we've got, uh, we've got a Carol for crying out loud. Yeah. Uh, we have, uh, Daryl with a crossbow, you know, we have, they have weapons, we have weapons, they have masks, we have a guy with a, uh, a mace hand. Uh, you know, they have a herd, okay, you know, we can fight zombies, we know how to fight zombies, we've been doing that for years. Yeah. We understand what they're capable of. Sure, you can lead them around. You know, and they can get into things that, uh, areas where we weren't expecting them, but they've been doing that for years too. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to harp on about this, but, uh, I guess my biggest problem is that, uh, really, I said it before, if somebody really is fearsome, they shouldn't have to tell you that they should be, you should be afraid of them. Yeah, that's fine. That, that, that makes some sense. I agree with that. But regardless of all of this, I'm pretty sure the show is setting up a major conflict between the good guys and the whispers. I hope the whispers are wiped out in the first episode. Because quite honestly, I watched this whole trailer and I enjoyed every last second of it, except for when the whispers were on screen. Uh -huh. And especially, uh, I did not enjoy when Alpha was talking. I'm, I'm, I think that I don't like the whispers. I think that they should be cast aside as a threat. Mm. Well. That's going to make watching this season interesting, I think, because I think there's yeah. zero chance of that happening. I think the it whispers. It might be entertaining, yeah. but I don't, I, I just, I don't get it. 
I don't get it. Okay. I think the whispers are going to be a big part of not just the first half of the season, but the entire 16 episodes. All right. Uh, anyways, I look forward to getting into it. I also I'm think- afraid of beta, by the way. I think beta is uh, threatening because yeah. he's unkillable. He I, is unkillable. And he's look, an unkillable hill giant. He's, uh, he's deadly. And now they're introducing Gamma. And Gamma might be just as frightening. We don't know. Maybe put all these together and you've got a frightening band of villains that are going to uh, wake, keep you up at night and cause you nightmares. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, think of it in terms of radiation. Alpha waves are bad. Beta waves are bad. Gamma, gamma rays made the Hulk. Right. <laughs> right. And we're partially responsible for making Captain America. So, uh, yeah, I'd be, I'd be afraid of Gamma too. So well, Gamma rays are arguably good. They made the Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, generally they're considered bad, but sure. You know, they make superheroes. Well, the Hulk, he was on the fence there for a while, right? He's not really a superhero. He's just this guy that gets angry and fucks shit up. He's definitely super. But you know, now, well, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but yes, absolutely. I, he is a superhero. My uh, my son has t-shirts with the Hulk on it, and he likes the Hulk, even though he doesn't really know who he is. He likes Captain America, too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and he wasn't necessarily, you know, the Hulk isn't necessarily a good guy. He's just this guy, you know? He's just this guy, you know. Him and Zayfod should hang out. Yeah. The one last thing I wanted to say is that I'm pretty sure Negan is going to play a bigger role in season 10. Yes. And I just feel like he's going to finally get out of that cell and be doing something. Um, whether that's just antagonizing people verbally or influencing their decisions or making them make decisions that they wouldn't otherwise, I don't know. But I feel like Negan is going to be back a little bit in season 10. At the very least, he's going to be instrumental in helping the entire community eat toasted tomato sandwiches. At the very least. And made he doesn't love a good toasted tomato sandwich made of a dead person. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Could Michonne be handing Lucille back to Negan? Um, you know, like shows up and then points it at him and then, well, you can't just flip it around and hand him the handle because there's like barbed wire on it and stuff, but maybe she'll hand him Lucille because he needs it. Uh, much like uh, getting Excalibur into the hands of King Arthur. Oh, right. Could you be. Know, Excalibur's a pretty powerful sword. Uh, king Arthur is a king. You get them together, you got yourself, uh, you know, you got yourself some shit. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> could be. She could be handing it back to him in a way. I don't know. You know, it, it. it's, there's no context for that final shot, right? We don't know. It's dark around her, so maybe it's night. But we know that, but we don't know if if she's on that battlefield where everything's on fire or if it's happening somewhere else, or maybe that's the dream sequence. Maybe it she's be. having a dream where she's holding Lucille, you know? Or maybe Negan's having the dream that Michonne is handing back Lucille. Right. Who, who knows what's going on? Who the hell knows? Yeah. Maybe it's part of Carol's escape dream. Uh, maybe. I, I don't know how, but you know, she's got weird dreams apparently. So maybe. Actually, now that I've said that out loud, I feel like Michonne holding Lucille like that probably does happen in someone's dream. <laughs> right. It's It feels like it's the most logical at this point, but I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. So season 10 of The Walking Dead comes back on October the 6th. I am very much looking forward to it, uh, but we still have a couple months until that's going to happen. Um, it's going to fly by, my friend. It is going to fly by. Summer's half over, my friend. Did you I, know that? I know, my friend. <laughs> uh, summer is half over. 
And uh, but we have this to look forward to in the fall. We, of course, still have the second half of Fear the Walking Dead season five to look forward to as well. And not only the second half, but you the, say that so nicely. But the final episode of the first half, which has aired, and we will be talking about later this week on the podcast. So, see, I thought you were going to use the phrase to get through. We have the the second half of Fear the Walking Dead to get through before we can watch. But did you watch the you did you watch the trailer for the second half of Fear? No, you told me not to. I know, and there's a and reason. And I said for that, that I wasn't. I'm not watching it right now, and I'm not going to watch it. All weekend. Okay. There's a reason I told you not to watch it. And honestly, there's a reason we're not talking about it today. Uh, and not only just because this podcast is about The Walking Dead, but um, we're going, we so, still have new episodes of Fear to do. And there's no reason to talk about that trailer right away. Yeah. So I should watch the uh, mid-season finale before I watch the trailer, if I understand this correctly. To be honest, I think it's weird that they released the trailer before the mid-season finale aired, but I guess what else were they going to do? Comic-Con was this weekend, and they they screwed up the timing of the, the airing of the episodes, so it was coming out two days after the panel, but... Um, yeah, you got a Comic-Con. You know, if you're at the Comic-Con, you got a Comic-Con. You got I know. a Comic-Con as much as Comic-Con can Comic-Con. Right, but I, I don't think there's any reason not to watch, or at least the reason I told you not to watch it has nothing to do with the fact that it came out before season or uh, episode eight aired oh you're worried about it making me angry it's i think it's gonna make you furious <laughs> oh i get it now yeah. now i'm gonna watch it <laughs> all right well that's that a lot of people listening you've probably watched the fear the walking dead season 5b trailer you probably know what i'm talking about if you've been listening to us talk about the first half of the season anyways let's Wait, wrap let things me ask up. you a question all right before we wrap things up let me ask you a question okay uh so on Thursday, we're going to talk about the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead, as we normally would. Correct. We're, are we also going to be talking about this trailer on Thursday as part of that podcast? No, I don't think so, because... Oh. Well... Well, how about this? This is my suggestion. All right. I'm not going to watch the trailer... Yeah. ...until about three minutes before we start the, start the episode on Thursday. Yeah. Can we talk about the trailer if I do that? We how about we do this? Talk about the episode, then we'll pause. You can watch the trailer and you can give us your instant reaction. Okay. I mean, if you want, I could just play the trailer and you could like, you know, live react to it, but I don't think we'll do that. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll do that. That sounds like more fun. Okay. Cuz well, if you think it's going to make me furious, I don't want to get it on tape. <laughs> okay, <laughs> to be fair, that's not a terrible idea. All right, so we'll do that on Thursday. And, uh, and then fear's only taken a three week break. So that's it. Yeah. We don't have, it's because walking dead starting early October. So they got to cram in the rest of fear before they get back to walking dead. They can't have, they barely have time to go swimming. Uh, I know that time hardly at all. So, uh, so the show will be back before we know it. And as you said, it's going to fly by and then we'll be off into season 10. So That'll be fun. That's all coming up on Thursday night. Uh, in the meantime, though, if you want to get in touch with us or have any comments about this trailer, by all means, visit our website at talkingdeadpodcast.com. Click on send voicemail at the top and you can send us a message about it with your thoughts. You can also send email to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the talking dead or on Twitter at talking dead. And really quick, if you want to support the show, which would be wonderful, and we really appreciate uh, everyone who thinks about doing that, you can do that by becoming a patron at Talking Dead Podcast, uh, sorry, at patreon.com slash the talking dead. 
and uh, that's a small monthly pledge. And if that's not your thing, then visit the website, talkingdeadpodcast.com slash PayPal to make a one-time donation via PayPal. All right, that is going to do it, everyone, for tonight. As we've said, we'll be back on Thursday when we talk about the mid-season finale of Fear the Walking Dead for Season 5. Until then, everyone, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Ciao.